It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby, science fiction novelist. And I'm Richard Coots from the Fount of Pop Culture Trivia. Alright, man. Today we're going to talk about Ant-Man. Ant-Man. And the Wasp. And the Wasp. Yeah, it's not to equal, be confused with Ant-Man. Yeah. The, yeah. the Wasp gets equal billing this time. Yep. Um, and she deserves it. Mm-hmm. Because really, really cool. I really liked I liked her a lot more than I liked her in, in the, the Hobbit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> her made-up character. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. I mean, all of them are made-up, but she wasn't I'm in the books. trying to keep this show positive, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start d- dishing on the, on the Hobbit, because, well, I could, but I won't. They were talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp on this one, though. So, um, we want to give kind of a... I mean, it's been out for a couple weeks now. Uh-huh. But we don't want to spoil it. We're not going to spoil it, but we need to try and give some more detail than yeah. we have been because we're just, we've been kind of a little too conservative on <laughs> telling people. What does that it. word even mean, Richard? Conservative. Um, okay. So, okay. First of all, did you like it? I loved it. Oh, man. Yeah. I really did too. I thought it was great. Um, it had the same kind of humor. And stuff from the first Ant-Man film. Yeah, but like cranked up. Cranked up, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked it because um, it was just very, it was, the whole movie was just very light. Mo- I mean, it didn't have very much dark parts. Um, mm-hmm. It was just very, very enjoyable all the way through. Yeah. And another thing I, I kind of liked is, um, this isn't really spoiling anything, but there really wasn't, I wouldn't say there was any real villain of the film. I mean, not yeah. not like a not like a, a centered a centered villain. Villain. You had like you had like the henchman, like what's his name, Sonny Birch, played by Walter Goggins, uh-huh. but he was mostly just kind of like this uh, a black market broker, yeah, like sell kind of a peripheral character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. I loved him. Although he was a little, he was a lot like Justin Hammer. Uh, from from uh, that Sam Rockwell play, so he's a little too similar to him. Actually, I felt like uh, Goggins was more like his character from uh, from uh, oh gosh, what's the name of that show? Justified. Justified. Because um, he has that southern accent. Yeah, he had that he southern kind of accent. A bad but guy, and he was like, you know, I think his southern accent is real though, because it's he, real. Because he's that, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's how he talks and everything. Right. So, but he, um, <laughs> yeah, but there was that and. Um, you had, uh, what's her name, uh, something, John Common, Hannah John Common, mm-hmm. she played a, a ghost mm-hmm. in this, which is a different take on the character. I'm not real familiar with the character, but I know yeah. it's a different take. take. Yeah. It was a gender swap version, and she was a, she was good, but she, like I said again, um, no really, there wasn't really any real villains. You kind of sympathize with mm-hmm. ghost. And, she's, she's had a pretty mm-hmm. bad, yeah. things, things have been pretty bad for her. The so. thing is, and again, like, nobody, well, one person died, but, I mean, for the most part, there wasn't really any real deaths or anything like that. No. It was mostly just a goofy film. You can, you know, just laugh all the way through. Yeah. So. Um, I, I don't really fault Ghost for being the way she was because mm-hmm. it happened to her when she was a kid. I did it. I did it either. It, it was it was a good. 
Yeah. Uh, something happens to her when she was a kid, and it kind of drives her to do what she's doing. She got picked up by the government, and the she government kind of made her into what she is. Yeah, it was S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It was S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it's government. So, well, they uh, said it was S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, it's kind of a bad thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. to do, is to make a person into an assassin. Well, assassin. that's pretty S.H.I.E.L.D.-y. <laughs> but they kind of portrayed S.H.I.E.L.D. in kind of a more positive light in the MCU just, than they have in the comics. You just use the word S.H.I.E.L.D.y. like somebody would use the word douchey. Mm. <laughs> That's not a nice word. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it was a... Uh, I really like the villains in this, if there were villains. I mean, it's yeah, kind of... I wouldn't... I, I like you said, the villains them. aren't real. They aren't really like core villains. You mm. know, like you, you, you watched... Uh, Infinity War. I mean, you know that Thanos is the villain, and you watch um, Thor movies. You know that Loki's the villain. You know, so I mean, it's it's the villains are kind of hard to nail down. Right. I think it's leading into some some other villain. See, Sonny Birch is constantly like talking about the you know his bosses or not his bosses, but who he his buyers that he's trying to procure this technology for through a lot of the film, and uh, so um, and there's, like, this FBI agent that's, like, working for him, too, <laughs> on the inside, and and um, so, um, yeah, so you never see them. It's just, they're just kind of alluded to. It's like, yeah. who is this? They never tell you. Yeah. So maybe that's, like, somebody leading, leading into another film or something. I don't uh, know. I, re- I really like the uh, FBI agent. I thought he was great. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not talking. That wasn't the FBI agent. I'm talking the Oh. The, no, no, that was like the, the mole <laughs> FBI agent. No, oh, the gotcha. lead FBI agent. He's like the guy. Okay, so Scott Pym. Scott Pym. Hank. Scott Lang. I'm getting yeah. Hank Pym and Scott Lang mixed up. Yeah. Um, he's on house arrest after, uh, after uh, you know, helping Captain America right. and stuff. And so turning into a giant and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. So he's, cause he's wrecking an airport. They say that was like government technology. He stole it. So now he's on house arrest. So, um, but you've got like this head FBI agent. I can't remember who, who, what the, what his name well, was. But what's, what's great about this FBI agent is that um, he he's like he's a bad guy, kind of like you think he's a bad guy, but then he's a softy. It was just really funny because he says something really really scary, and then he follows it up with, "Was that was that too much? Am I am I? I'm sorry. I, was that too 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 forceful or what?" Yeah, uh, oh my gosh, he's so funny. Uh, there's like this part where he's talking to uh, uh, Scott's daughter, <laughs> and says she asks him how something works, and he says, oh, honey, and then he explains all this technical jargon to her, right. and Scott and Scott goes, oh, you're really good uh, with kids. You really know how to speak to them. He's like, oh, thanks. I'm also a part-time youth pastor. That's one of my favorite, <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. The FBI agent. <laughs> and, I, and I love it. He's like so, in, and, and he's kind of like that throughout. He's like going back and forth between those two personas. Like sometimes he's like cursing, go, ah, oh, dang it. And then the next, and then the next moment he goes, what the dickens? He's he's such a bipolar character. <laughs> I really love it. And, um, you know, of course then, you know, you've got your sidekick characters in there that are great too. You know, you, you the return um What's his name? The Hispanic guy. Uh, uh, Luis. 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 Played by Michael Pena. And yeah, Michael Pena is just man. He, he, it's hard for me to not say he steals the show because he does a lot because of his his mannerisms and he's stammering and he he 
he, and we get another one of those stories where he tells right <laughs> he tells the story and it's everybody's mouth is is Pena's voice yeah know. it's his voice and they're like moving like him and you know acting all jittery like him and while he's telling it so and, uh, then we had some, uh, oh the the other character I can't remember his name but he he's like this Russian guy mm-hmm. and oh my gosh he's so funny and he it's like constantly say, saying oh it's Baba Yaga it's yeah, Baba yeah. Yaga but it's, it's pretty funny. Um, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne shows up. Lawrence Fishburne is in this. Yeah. We're not spoiling that. That's in the question. No. Plays uh, Bill Foster. Mm-hmm. Is it? He was like Goliath, the character Goliath in the comics. And he's yeah. like kind of like this rival of Hank Pym uh-huh. uh, back in the day. So he, he his character goes some interesting places. We won't we won't talk about mm-hmm. that because that gets mm-hmm. into spoilers. Um, really good. Really good, though. I, honestly, okay, let's, let's boil this down. So I really feel like that the writing on this was strong. I felt like that um, that the uh, you know the script was really really well written mm-hmm. because the the way the plot um, moves along, you're not bogging down in anything. It's moving along nicely. Um, it has all the right hits all the right high notes. You know um, the characterization was fantastic. I mean we, these people seemed real. Um, the peril was always not. It was weird, but it wasn't like, oh, that that's stupid, and that wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It was, all the peril was great, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then the ending was wonderful. But again, like the I said, the ending was a shock. Oh yeah, the ending was great. Um, are we talking about like right at the ending, or are we or are we talking about the mid credit scene? Well, I'm talking about the mid credit scene. Okay, okay, yeah. You want to stick around for the mid mid credit scene because it's important. It it leads. I mean, this has been talked about already. It, it leads into the into the next Avengers film. Let me just say, I don't feel so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but man, Anthony, wow. I don't feel so well. I don't feel so good. Anthony. Um, so, uh, yeah, great movie. Um, um, I would say probably one of the best Marvel movies in the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also, there was another pretty funny bit was he, I thought was hilarious, was he, uh, learned like magic card tricks while he was on house arrest and then like the whole film the FBI agent whatever his name was is, is like trying to figure out how he yeah. does the card trick I'm, I'm just going to say that the standout character of this whole film was that FBI agent yeah he was honestly Let, let's not short funny. we're not talking about her much let's shut let's not short the wasp Evangeline oh, yeah. Evangeline Lily yes. was so good at the wasp Very as the good. wasp Very and um, she definitely deserved the the uh, the equal billing here. Yeah. So um, she really brought so much more to it in this film uh-huh. than she did the last film. Last film she was kind of like kind of like this. Yeah. You know, she was she was more of a wasn't really a sidekick. She was basically just there to bust his chops. Really. Right. Um, but she she takes on her own kind of. Um, you really get to see who she is and really find out. Okay, this is this person is really really. Um, important and uh, crucial mm-hmm. to the whole plot, um, and and can't get on without her. And and she's she's she is honestly as important, and in some cases even more important than Ant Man. Right. And so. I, okay. Uh, and, and the but the only real thing that I didn't like is, and this is just a nitpick, um, was. At the beginning of the film, when he first showed up to him, they apparently haven't been talking for a couple of years or whatever, yeah. Scott and her. And that seems to be something that happens in a lot of these kind of movies where, like, the first movie they end and they're, like, 
all romantically involved, involved and stuff like right. that. And then the next movie, they're like, we haven't been talking for years, and that creates a fault yeah. kind of a tension between them. And that happens in a, like a lot of movies. They did that. The first. They did that in Jurassic World. They did do that. Yeah, they did. And, that and that happened. Like, it's like, yeah, they keep they do that a, a lot in there to create kind of tension at the beginning of a movie between a, one sequel and the next, yeah. or one film and the sequel. And I don't really like that. Who doesn't much. love? Uh, who doesn't love Chris Pratt? Yeah, I mean, I really. Mm-hmm. How could Chris Pratt? Well, you know, he and his wife aren't together anymore. Right. That's kind of a bu- you, I blame her. Yeah, I blame her. Anyway. Yeah. That's for another. Well, they, I think they had different different views of life, so yeah, that, that, that was probably uh, what caused it. But maybe after that speech. May, oh, that was before. That, that was, was that, that was after. after yeah. That was after. But those they, views are bro- are broiling around down there. I know. You know. Um, if you haven't seen Chris Pratt's Nine Rules, you yeah. need to watch that. It's I remember great. if you if you notice this, right when he says one thing at the beginning, his first rule, Aubrey Plaza in the background gets like this huge frown on her face. <laughs> it's like, Ugh, I don't like that. But well, deal with whatever. Anyways, we're we've gone off on Chris Pratt. Now we're talking <laughs> about Ant Man. Go see Ant Man if you have it. It's Ant-Man. awesome. And if you and if you have the chance, go see an IMAX 3D. Worth the ticket. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, next thing we're talking about is a wonderful, wonderful little movie of the week called Damnation Alley. Damnation Alley. <laughs> Starring Jan Michael Vincent and uh, George, George Picard and uh, Jack, Jack Earl Haley as yeah, a kid. Yeah, Jack Earl Haley. Jack Earl Haley is a little kid. Yeah. Well, he's like a teenager. Yeah, he's like 13. Yeah. Well, this is back when, you know, this was back when... Jackie Earl Haley was a, a teenage heartthrob, and yeah, he was on he was on Seventeen magazine, and every girl had a, his you, poster over. You know where that started, paper. right? It started in the Bad News Bears, yeah. the Bad News Bears movies. There were two of them. There was the Bad News Bears, and it's Bad News Bears Right Again, or something like that. I don't anyway, know. It was about a bunch of little kids that are miscreants, and this guy comes in to like I think it's Martin Landau. He comes mm-hmm. in and like. Trains him to be like this baseball team. No, it wasn't Martin Landau. It was Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, Damnation Alley is basically the story of all these people in this uh, silo where they're going to launch nuclear missiles. And then a nuclear war happens and it destroys the planet. And then it's like, what was it, two months later? Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. they're, They're coming out of their... Yeah, they're, they're, they're military bunks, bunkers. <laughs> you know what? If it was a nuclear war and you had two months, I don't think two months is long enough, honestly, mm-hmm. to come out. And two months is definitely not long enough to have nuclear irradiated gigantic cockroaches that are, or not cockroaches, um, scorpions uh-huh. that are like running around your base. Yeah, they're like gigantic scorpions. Big as and a then bus. there's cockroaches. <laughs> And then, like, these killer cockroaches. Well, first of all, I want to talk about... Okay, okay, before you get to the cockroaches, first of all, I want to talk about the giant scorpions and the scene at the beginning of the movie where Jan, Jan Michael Vincent rides up on his motorcycle. And he, he does most of his motorcycle stunts in the it's, movie. It, it's a dirt bike. It's see, a dirt bike, yeah. See, in the 80s and 90s, action films and stuff like that, the heroes needed to ride, like, a dirt bike or something because that was just, like... <laughs> Action hero extreme. They need to be extreme, so we're going to put them on a dirt bike. Yeah. So anyway, so he rides up, and there's a girl on the back of the bike. And uh, his buddy, 
Um, Paul, is it Paul? Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield is standing on top of the bunker and he's watching him from these binoculars where he's got his gun ready. And here he comes and these giant scorpions are like, you know, start coming up and he ditches the girl in the dirt and drives away and leaves her there. I know. And I was like, what a butthole. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, it's just a devil. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a mannequin I found. And he was talking about like making out with a mannequin or something or talking to it. Yeah. <laughs> he went all I am legend. Yeah. Oh, he like kicked up. He's like, this is where you get off, darling. Like kicked through her off the bike. But it seems to be a theme. Yeah. Because he does it later in the movie with the cockroaches too. Mm-hmm. He kicks the girl off the bike and like leaves her there for a second while he runs around. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, <laughs> so the, the film has George Papard mm-hmm. in a very Hannibal-esque kind of role. Kind of. Because he's got, he's a cigar chomping military guy. A little you know. more, little more. A little more serious. I don't know how many times I, I wanted know. to just say, you know, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. And just like, you know, doing stuff. They built this. Also, they travel around and they have to leave because um, somebody's like looking at porno mags and like smoking cigarettes next to the, the gas line. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it explodes. That was so dumb. And kills like everybody except like maybe five or six people. Actually, it's more like. It was two. Yeah, it's two. It's George Papard's character and this one other soldier. Uh, Young Michael Vincent character and, and, and Paul Winfield's character were like in some other bunker, kind of a little ways down. From you remember that they one. go, they go and they try to save the general, and he's like on fire, and his eyes bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Walk out there. Um, but they they have to get on board this. Um, it's some kind of a they call it a landmaster. It's got like these uh, tri, these triple wheels on it that, that can rotate around and go over boulders and stuff, but they never go over any boulders. They built this thing for $300,000, the movie company, this 20th Century Fox. By the way, a little tidbit about this film. It was made exactly the same time as Star Wars A New Hope, okay? And so Lucas was making Star Wars A New Hope and Elstree Studios while this movie was being made in like Arizona or somewhere. Okay, because the great meteor crater is in the film. You can see it in the movie. It's like this giant crater. It's where um, J. Michael Vincent is fighting Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the great meteor crater is in it. So it's filmed in Arizona. It's filmed all over Arizona. So (laughs) anyway, so this thing was built for like $300,000. And it ends up being in, and it's indestructible. They made it out of three-eighths inch um, steel plating. And it's got like a truck engine in it, and it's got this special hydraulic system that runs it because it's two pieces and has an accordion in the middle, and it kind of turns like uh, in a joint, you know. Um, and it only goes like 55 miles an hour as fast as it goes, which is pretty fast for a vehicle like that. Um, but it turns up in like a whole bunch of other movies all through history, like all bunch of B movies. They used it like over and over and over again. They just dressed it differently, and it's been in a lot of different movies. So. There's actually somebody who has bought this thing um, at auction and now owns it. I can't imagine anything driving around town. It's just weird looking. It's got this big missile thing on top. Yeah. And so they go on this trip, right? And they end up um, going to... Albany, New York. Albany, New York. That's where we're trying to get to. 
And uh, they run into these armor-plated cockroaches, Richard. Yeah, they like, and they're just regular cockroaches, but he, like, it, they make it look like he's stepping on them. He goes, he goes, dang, armor-covered cockroaches. <laughs> and poor Paul Winfield. Yeah. He, like, tries to get away from the cockroaches, so he gets inside of a car, and then the cockroaches are on him. And then George Papard comes up and opens the door. He's, like, using a... A fire extinguisher to like get all the cockroaches off, and he goes and opens the door and just looks in and sees Paul Winfield like sort of bloody and goes, eh, "Well, I'm just gonna leave him." Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like they're like chewing his face off and his fingers off, and it's like it, it's weird. But um, it's just basically hammer blood like yeah. all over him. It's yeah. not really. There's no gore really. It's just kind of like blood all over him and stuff. And there's no real makeup yeah. job. It's like let's throw some blood on Paul Winfield. And, but, uh, but yeah, they made this movie during the time they made Star Wars. This, I'll finish what I was saying about that. And uh, they actually expected this movie to do better than Star Wars. The studio did. Boy, were they wrong. Because <laughs> it, took, it took this movie an extra year to come out because in post-production they had to do all the sky, which is basically all the sky is like weird looking. It kind of looks iridescent. It's got this weird kind of... And what they did was they shined lasers on all these different types of material, these different materials, and um, created this kind of weird effect in the sky. And then they had to rotoscope everything or matte everything. So there's a lot of green screen being used in the background, and it's really bizarre. But that took forever, and that's the reason the movie didn't come out. And then it was supposed to be coming out Christmas. ended up coming out like later in the next year in 78 or 77. Can't remember. It came out late, but um, there's a lot of really. It's watchable. I'm just going to say that it's it's watchable. It's it's fun to watch it because yeah, it's so there, funny. There's there's there is a lot. They use a lot of stock footage. Like they do at the beginning when they're like <laughs> launching missiles and stuff. It's just like stock footage of missile launches and like a mushroom cloud. And um, <laughs> then there's a scene where they're like. It's supposed to be going through like a storm or whatever, and it's like flooding, and they cut to like just a shot of a waterfall and some geysers. And <laughs> yeah. it's it's so dumb. My favorite part of the movie, though, by by all all standards, is definitely the introduction of Jackie Earl Jackie Earl Haley's character because you get to see Jackie Earl Haley as like a thirteen year old. I was <laughs> I was I was joking about that. He was never a heartthrob. No. <laughs> no, no girls have pictures of him. No, I'm sorry, no. Jackie Orlando. No. I love you, but no, no girls. Jackie Orlando. He's like being chased. He's being. He's like some little kid, like in a burnout house or something. Mm-hmm. They roll up on him, and he pulls out these rocks, and he's just beating Jane Michael Vincent in the ball. He's like just hitting him over and over the, with rocks. Hits him like three or four times. Yeah, like, hits bam. him like in the chest. And it's like really dead on, and he's really good with it. You can tell he's been like surviving out there for two years, just throwing rocks and stuff. And then <laughs> Jan Michael Vincent chases him down, and they have this epic wrestle fight, like right at the at the edge of the great meteor crater. <laughs> they finally convince him, "Hey, we're not here to kill you or whatever." So he comes along with them. And, and, uh, but you know, this wouldn't be great. A post-apocalyptic film, unless you came across some <laughs> some inbred hillbillies. Oh yeah, and you do. Who are their faces who, are, who are covered look, in hammer? Who are just looking to rape everybody. <laughs> that <laughs> happens. Their so, faces, 
Their faces are all covered in hammer blood too. Yeah. It's like really cheaply done. Well, it was like it was like burns or something. It's supposed to be, but it just looked yeah, like somebody yeah. drew on their face with yeah, blood. Yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> but there's like this whole line where like this other this the kid, Jackie Roll Haley comes out and he's like, Hey, she's trying to she's trying to rape her or whatever, something like that. And one of them says, Is says, Don't worry about it, kid, he's only uh, he's not doing anything the rest of us aren't gonna be doing, he's just first in line. It's like come it's on. So horrible. Uh, this actress too, she's from France. I don't even know what her name is. She's a French actress, but she wasn't hardly this is, I think this is the only American film she was in. Everything else was from she was in French movies. Um and then we get to the ending where, you know, uh it's like they get the radio signal and they finally find like some green pastures or something. Like everything's yeah, they're, green. They're like going through this. I guess the sky through budget this ran out. Lake or lake or something, and then get up onto like this small <laughs> island in front of the lake. And yeah, then, in the middle of the lake. And then we get to the radio signal, and then uh, uh, J. Michael Vincent and uh, Jackie O'Haley are like, "We're gonna go to the next town," and they just take off and leave yeah. them there. And they find some people, yeah. right? And then they end the movie, but they don't yeah. tell you how. Did George Papard ever make it? I don't know. It we just kind of ends with them. They find these a group of people on the road and. And they just go, and then they just yeah they, everybody just goes yeah and the credits roll. <laughs> so uh, damnation alley. Damnation alley. Lovely movie. You need to check it out. Some uh, you can usually what I did I watched it on like Epics or something. Oh, okay, I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, the, the, it's on YouTube. Yeah, um, because I did because I didn't want to pay for the three bucks for it on Amazon, <laughs> but uh, picture was bad, but it, I, I got through it. Um, <laughs> All right, so. Damnation Alley. Um, until next time, uh, you know what? We have another couple of podcasts. We have uh, Southern Fried Christianity. We also have uh, Writing is Hard Work. Check those out on my website, rogerdcolby.com. You can also contact us on there, too. Yep, and as for uh, this podcast, you can email us at uh, 3cylinderstardrive at yahoo.com, or you can find us at uh, 3, 3CSD. Yeah, yeah we're, on Twitter. We're pretty much on every podcast. Three Cylinder SD on Twitter, at Three Cylinder SD. All right. Until then, I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots.